Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Power Your Life Radio Show with host and success doc Joanne White. Author, speaker, certified coach, and energy master, Doc White gets to the heart of what matters most. She features guests and experts to help you consciously create more success, health, and wellness in every area of your life, work, and relationships. They'll share their success stories, wisdom, and know-how to help you shine more light onto your day and into your life. Power your life right now. Here's Joanne White. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today on Power Your Life and on Dr. Joanne White, and it's always a pleasure to be here. And we're going to give a shout-out to people who are dealing with challenges and adversities because it's important to know that there are people that are on your side. And speaking about challenges and adversities, my guest and I were just having a bit of a conversation And oftentimes we are in the midst of something and never really know how we're going to be able to move past, whether it's a challenge or a tragedy or something that's going on with ourselves, our health, our finances, whatever. And what we're going to do today is explore how you'll be able to move past that. And you're going to love this story from Nicole Jobin, who is amazing. In 2006, she found herself on a life-altering journey on the day that she learned she had a debilitating disease that wasn't her first or her last heartbreak, but the unique challenge proved to be the catalyst for finding her true self. After years of success as an entrepreneur, a business owner, operations director, and a professional speaker, her diagnosis and the emotional roller coaster that followed opened the door to the next chapter in her life, sharing the message of limitless belief in ourselves. Nicole is determined, and she's doing that so beautifully, to share her story with others doubting their hidden power to overcome obstacles and to achieve their dreams. Nicole believes that through limitless passion, spirit, and the courage to believe in ourselves, there's nothing we can't accomplish. And I I agree with her. Hello, Nicole. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, and it's always a pleasure to talk with you because I always feel upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very, I'm very spunky. I'm very upbeat. I'm never, I'm never Debbie Downer. That's not me. And I think that's great. But if people, and I want people to hear this story too, you, ha- you know, and it's it's in your book. But when people will hear a little bit of the background and what you've been through, it's like, what? How did she emerge <laughs> this upbeat? Not Debbie Downer at all. So would you share with our listeners, Nicole, a little bit about that story and your losses and really how you've come to be where you are today? Sure. Um, Well, full circle and and full disclosure, um, this is going to date me a little bit, but I swear I don't look my age. Um, About 20-some years ago, I had come off the – IPO tech industry whirlwind back in the late 90s and uh, working for one of them, cashed in some shares and started my first business. Um, 
And lo and behold, one of my neighbors happened to be the man who was going to sweep me off my feet, the love of my life. And in a whirlwind romance over the course of a year, it happened. Uh, He was a widower with a couple of girls. And, um, you know, we got engaged. Everything was beautiful, wonderful. We went to Aruba on our engagement vacation trip. And um, one night, July 4th, he woke me up having a massive heart attack. And uh, I knew what the signs were, so I knew what I had to do as far as resuscitation. And um, unfortunately, with me working on him as well as, you know, the hotel staff that, that came after I called them, um, he passed away in my arms. And um, that was the, and still is, the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with and the aftermath of uh the girls not being able to come with me, the will hadn't been changed and um, running a business that was next door to his, you know, the constant reminder and memory. I had, uh, I had a choice to make. I am Italian and I'm from New Jersey. So we come with an extremely (laughs) uh, different mindset that a lot of people um, were not the type to curl up in a corner. Um, but I also knew I had to grieve to get it out because you can't let that fester. So I gave myself a year. I said, for one year, I am not going to go out except to work. I'm not going to to really do anything. Uh, you know, I I stayed home. I didn't celebrate holidays with my family. And I relived every memory, every moment, every dinner, every conversation, every holiday we had. And I allowed myself to wake up, cry, go to work, come home, cry, and fall asleep every day for a year. I mean, there were many days I spent, honestly, on the kitchen floor just sobbing until I had no breath left in me. Um, and I have a question. End, yeah, sure, of course. The girls, his girls, were you ever able to to reconnect with them? I mean, they. It, it was hard. They, they had kind of taken me on as the new mom. We had a very strong relationship, and um, after two years of trying to keep that going, they were dispersed amongst different family members, which was exactly what he did not want to happen. But that's what happened, and I could see what it was doing to them. I was. I was a constant reminder of what they couldn't have. And mm. so I, I knew in their best interests, I had to slowly pull away. And it killed me. It, literally, it was like ripping my heart out a second time yeah, that's to, do, to do that. But I, but I did. And, and it was well, even harder when you're, I'm sorry, when years later, I ran into someone at the grocery store who told me that the little one, the youngest, wound up being a heroin addict. And, I drove home that day just sobbing the whole the whole way home. But uh yeah, that was that was harsh. And also what's so what's so difficult is that that's not what he wanted and 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 they saw you as their as their new mom. So that 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 was devastating and a loss for them as well. Okay, continue because there's so much <laughs> more listeners. Yeah, yeah. So after that year passed, I had some extraordinary friends who called me up and said, okay, it's been a year. It's time. I knew it was time, but they kind of forced my hand. And they took me out dancing, got me all dolled up to a club till 3 o'clock in the morning. 
and it was like I could breathe again. It was kind of like that release. Not to say that I didn't grieve after that because I did for for many years, but that that year of harsh grief, I allowed myself to feel it, which you have to because that's the healthy thing to do. Um, and how I did it may not agree uh, with a lot of family members, but for me, I knew it was the right thing to do. And I knew I was doing it in a healthy way. It wasn't hurting anyone. I wasn't hurting myself. And I gave myself that deadline of a year because I didn't want to wind up in a dark place, which could have been very easy to fall into. That's why I gave the deadline of a year. And after that time, I started to kind of reemerge a little bit. Grief doesn't always have a timetable for people, but right. but you were able to take that year and and still being able to grieve afterwards because it does take time and and mm-hmm. sometimes it takes longer than others. But you also had supportive friends who wanted to make sure that you okay you were okay. So that's that's beautiful. All right, yeah, continue. I may <laughs> may interject every now and again. <laughs> Anytime you want, interject, interject. So I, uh, after after a couple of years, you know, and and letting the girls move on, I sold my business because it was too much of a constant reminder, and I took a little time off, and then I went to work for another company um, instead of my own business, and it was fantastic, and it was funny because the owner of that company looked like, uh, to give you a visual, Lex Luthor, the original one from the original Superman with. Christopher Reeve, but he wasn't evil. He just looked like that. And uh, he was divorced, older kids, and he was sniffing around a little bit. And I was like, no, 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 no. You don't do this. You don't do that where you work, you know. But he was very persistent. And lo and behold, four years later, we were together for years. We're engaged, you know. We're moving on with our lives. And I get a phone call one morning from my then-to-be brother-in-law telling me that he had died in bed with another woman. And that was an interesting phone call to receive. So now we're on number two. And, uh, you know, the business was kind of in both our names. And so I had to make sure everybody – that kind of didn't allow me time to grieve. And it wasn't as hard as the first one because, well – the betrayal part, but I had gone through it already, you know. Um, So my main focus was just on keeping the business running, making sure that everyone had health insurance and, you know, payroll was made until one of the employees was able to buy the company um, from his estate and and take it over, and it it all worked out beautifully. But it took about a year, and um, and during the course of that year, I, you know – I grieved privately, but, you know, there was also that stigma attached to it, obviously, of the betrayal part. So it, it made it a little bit easier <laughs> than 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 the first fiancé who was, to this day, the love of my life. He was soulmate. I never believed in it until him, and but he, he just was. So after that year, I decided to take... I needed a vacation from all of this, all this stuff. I said, I, I need to get away. So I went on a lovely holiday to the Caribbean. And on the way home, it was a red-eye flight on one of those, um, you know, Apple-type vacations where it's not a not a United flame plane, but it's, it's a, their company 747 plane. Right. So within about 15 to 20 minutes into the flight, 
the pilot comes on and says, you know, we need to make um, an emergency landing in West Palm. And we're like, okay, everybody's groaning, collective sigh, connecting flights, whatever. But then a few minutes later, one of the stewardesses completely loses her crap. I don't want to curse on, on the radio. Um, and just starts screaming on the plane. And that's when we knew something was wrong because the other stewardesses and stewards were trying to calm her down. And then the pilot comes back on and says, ladies and gentlemen, please prepare for a crash landing. You know, um, oxygen mask will drop. Put your head between your legs. You know, the, the whole nine. It was um, brace right, yourself, right. brace, brace. And ultimately, the bottom line was there was something wrong with the plane. It was shuddering, the landing gear. There was fluid coming out. You could see it coming out. Um, and... We hit the ground really hard. The runway was lined, you know, with all the emergency equipment, uh, fire trucks and all that stuff. And we started to skid sideways while they were trying to stop. Um, It was, without going into all the detail, an extremely brutal landing, but everyone was okay when we deboarded the plane. Um, But that was my detox from all of this stuff. (laughs) with ending <laughs> this with, like, this plane crash. And um, then fast forward Bef- a few years. Before you go, in, before you go back oh, sure. into that, it's mm-hmm. so strange, though, that that uh, a flight attendant or st- would, I mean, they're, tra- they're presumably they're trained yes. to deal with kind of stuff, and, and for her yes. to just... That was crazy. I wonder she was if she very kept her young. Job. I have a right. funny feeling she didn't keep her job. She was very young, and um, the others were seasoned, and they were they were fine. But she just she just lost it. She just completely lost it. And uh, I have never to this day seen that ever since. Thank God. <laughs> right. Um, oh, it doesn't make yeah, any that, sense because yeah, it's unnerved yeah, well, it, everybody it, in the past. And getting, you know, if she if she reacted like that, and it caused more people to 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 re- react like that, it would have been worse than it was too. Just in terms of yeah. all the upheaval the, the other, on the tr- yeah, the other the flight attendants, I, I credit them tremendously with getting her out of the way and calming her down. Um, because, like you said, I think it it made a huge impact uh, that they did that. Instead of it going the other way. Right. Okay. All right. Onward. (laughs) (laughs) So fast forward um, a couple years, and I started having these weird sensations in my legs and uh, stiffness, numbness. And I had really been overdoing it with yard work, so I just chalked it up to that. And I was driving to work one day. And I felt it increase and intensify. I was like on the interstate. Every every state has a major interstate, you know, with rest stops and such. And I was on that driving to work one day. And it increased and kind of went up into my abdomen and um, started constricting my breathing and weakening my hands. And it was scary. It was scary as hell. I had to pull over at a rest stop. Now, being the bullheaded, strong-willed Italian woman that I am, I collected myself and drove through it straight to the doctor. And after a battery of tests, I was diagnosed with a debilitating disease. And I was partially paralyzed from the waist down 
for, for about, I don't know, almost six months. I couldn't drive, could barely walk, couldn't hold a cup, couldn't climb stairs. Um, and after a lot of physical therapy and medication, I was able to regain that ability to function like before. But then about four years later, it happened again, and this time it kind of left permanent damage from the waist down. No one can see it. I hide it well, not because I'm embarrassed, but because I choose to not be in victim mode. I, mm-hmm. a fighter, it's my nature. I mean, I used to be a kickboxing instructor, so kind of goes hand in hand. Um, it, that I just, I didn't want to represent that way. I wanted to stand up and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to fight for other people, which is, is part of what I do. Uh, I do a lot of legislative work um, in Washington, D.C., uh, with regarding health care and um, disease and things like that, speaking to senators and Congress, and uh, I want to make a difference. I, I had a choice to let all of this knock me out of the game or do something with it and take all this adversity and turn it into empowerment. And that's what I've done. Which you've done, and you continue to do beautifully and help other people to do that as well. So I have a question, because as, as we started out, people are, many people are struggling or going through challenges, and and sometimes one challenge, and you've had so many, one challenge for someone can feel so debilitating and so like how do i get through this what would I, how can i just be able to to survive or or move past whatever the particular experience is what do you tell those people nicole i tell people you know i usually start off with a joke when i do my workshops or um or any of my keynotes or speaking engagements, I I usually start with a joke because I want them to feel a little more lighthearted because when they're a little more lighthearted, they are able to accept the, 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 the knowledge and education more of what I can talk to them and help them with because it's really about mindset and skill set. And that's what I try to deliver to them that people are stronger stronger than they can possibly imagine and it's in our DNA you know it's part of who we are Um, whether it's mental spiritual you know emotional it's it's all there and we forget that all too often and sometimes we surround ourselves with people who aren't positive or who may be toxic, or you're in a toxic environment at work or personally. And we have to find ways to get out of that, work around that. And even with family, I mean, I have family that are like that, and you can't get rid of family, but you can modify how you're connected and your contact to them so that it lessens the effect on you. And yeah, that goes you know, it for is. everything in work at home, too. Sorry. Right. It, it it is so important to recognize who or what in your life is like you said, you know, a downer or 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 negative and and be able to provide some some distance and it you know, whatever you can because I think that's so important. And you said something that I think is is also very powerful. I think humor 
I use it for myself a great deal with, with some of my challenges that I've been through. And it helps to soften the blow a little bit in my mind and, and also helps you be able to to look at whatever crisis or whatever and I'm not I'm not trying to un, to devalue what people are going through or what you what you went through or what you know what I've gone through or whatever but I think it helps take us a little bit out of the experience so we can look at it in a different way so I think what you know if you starting out with your seminars or workshops that way I think that's a that's a very powerful tool to use I think humor is a catalyst. Humor is unequivocally a catalyst to so many different arenas of emotion, arenas of learning, um, personally and professionally. And, you know, I, I've, oh, and I think I can honestly say this. I think that we've all been there. Every person listening, um, you, me, that we've all been in some kind at one point or another uh, seminar, presentation, workshop in our lives where we're sitting there and all we're thinking is, oh, my gosh, I cannot take this anymore. It is so boring. All I want <laughs> is my free donuts and coffee and I have to pee. And I never, ever, ever want to be that person and I will never be that person because when I come out I come out swinging engaging like within the first 30 seconds and you know I'm going to make sure that you're with me on that whole ride and that you're going to be laughing your ass off there will be a lot of truth bombs in there but um, because I think I always utilize the threes I entertain because when I can entertain you then I know that you're engaged with me and when you're engaged with me, then I know I can truly educate you on what I'm there to talk to you about because you're going to be paying attention and you're going to want to listen. And for me, that's the biggest gift I could ever get. I am so humbled every time I speak, whether it's to 50, 150, or 550, because they're giving me their time. They're honoring me with their time. So I better show up 199.99% to make sure that I deliver to them everything that I possibly can to help them and give them the right mindset and the right skills and the, to utilize in a toolbox that they can walk away from and go, oh, yeah, I get it now. I had my aha moment. Or, you know, even if it was five minutes out of a shitty day and it made them laugh a little bit, then, you know, my purpose on this earth has been served. But that, that connection is what I feed off of. Every time I'm in front of an audience, and to me that you is know, the it's biggest so, it, and, and I, I totally forget. agree with. And it, it reminded me of something. Years ago, I was preparing to do a presentation for a, for a, a group of many, many women from all over the actually from all over the world, and there I am preparing for this presentation and all all that was coming up was this song about what I was doing so I created a song that I had people sing it was like I love it. part of me is working on this presentation thinking come on I got to do this presentation and this song is coming through and so I just decided okay that was a piece of it and people loved it but it's it's interesting how whatever what you said you really get so invested in what you're doing, in really wanting to to 
give people information and not just information, like you said, really ed- educate and entertain and also empower them to be able mm-hmm. to get what you're talking about, get the message and be able to own it, not just because there she is at, in the front of the room, but to take to take it and and take it in for themselves. So I, I think that's so important. It's funny that you said own it because one of the things I specifically say in many of my talks is sometimes you just have to own it, reboot, get rid of all the crap so you can move forward. Because if you don't, you're never going to be able to take the next step. And I'm all about reinventing yourself. I mean, hell, I've reinvented myself more times than Madonna. But you you have to just keep doing that because it's all about your transferable skills that you turn into assets. And everyone has them. They just don't realize sometimes what they are or how to tap into them. And that is one of the biggest things when you're taking an adversity and turning it into an empowerment is how to tap into those transferable skills and turn them into assets because that's how you're going to be able to move forward in your life. And, you know, I've been doing this for over 20 years now, and it's – I still feel the same. I still feel that same – passion and purpose that is now my profession. You know, and it comes through with your writing, with your speaking and, and which which is so very important. I want to get back to that skill set the, that we do have, you know, you may be in one particular industry or company or whatever it is and yes, we are constantly reinventing ourselves. I totally agree with that and I do the same I have. But it's amazing that we do have the skill set that we've developed and and the challenge like you said Nicole is that many people sometimes can't figure out well firstly you said even identify what that is which is important but also like duh how do I take that and move it and and make it work in in something else and that's the beauty of of you know we we are more versatile than we think and like you said so much more powerful than we can ever really realize about ourselves but we do have so many skills that can go into so many different directions if we choose and if we if we honor them so thank you for that so onward <laughs> um yes yeah, so I just feel like when I do these things and I'm speaking in front of an audience, a lot of them say, how can you tell this story and not cry? And I have two reasons for that. The first is I honestly haven't cried in 17 years, not since my first fiancé died. Um, I cried so much in public at that time that I just stopped doing it. Now, I don't know if it's a mental self-mechanism or whatever. I mean, I still cry at home, you know, in the shower, at a stupid commercial, I see doggies on TV, you know. But I just just don't do it in public. It's just I'm like the token eulogy giver everywhere I go because they know I'm not going to cry when I give the eulogy. So um, (laughs) that's, that's, you know, one part of it. And the other part is when I'm speaking – they don't realize how cathartic it is for me that every time I tell this story, it's like a little piece of me comes back because I'm giving it to you. I'm paying it forward. I'm, I'm giving you what I went through 
in hopes of it helping you along the way. So it actually is a gift from them to me, and some, and they don't even realize it. But I do get asked that question often when I speak, um, that, you know, how do you not get emotional? I've had people at these things just for cry. something that they're going through cry, just cry. And I tell them at the very end, I, I go over to them, I hold their hand, and I let them go for like 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, get out of your system, go for it. I'm like, you can put snot on my shoulder. I don't care. It's going to the dry cleaner anyway. So – just they need to be able to do with, and you know, those are for, you know, patient seminars and those are for um, a lot of personal empowerment seminars. And when I'm doing the professional ones, I, for companies and, you know, fortune 500 or whatever, I use a lot of music. I'm a music junkie and I'm also a television junkie. So I, I love my quotes but I'm, I love Motown, and I, I'm a firm believer that if you can't get up and move to Motown, something is wrong with you. And I had this fun corporate retreat. I'll never forget it. And uh, I, it, it, was, it was a stiff, stiffer group, but I got them to move. I literally went around to almost every table. There was about 200 people, and I was playing uh, 25 Miles by Edwin Starr which correlates to the 25 miles, <laughs> one of my signature talks. And I said, you know what, we're, we're not, we're not going to end this sitting down. We're going to end this getting off our asses. And I switched out of my heels and I put on sneakers and I went and we danced all the way around. And it was so much fun. And you know what, that's what they're going to remember. They may not you know, remember it's... everything I said, but they're going to remember what I did. And then when they remember what I did, they're going to go, oh, yeah, and you know what, she talked about this because that's going to stick out in their head, and they had a good time. You know, we are very much alike in that regard, because I like to get people up and moving, too, and I think it, not only that, it helps to shift the energy, and it also helps to create, you know, whatever the, the topic is, it create a sense of joy within themselves, even if it was some, some sadness that they went through, and, and I think it's just so important and so powerful, music and dance and and also, you're right when you said that you, you know, get so much from the presentations. People are thanking you, but you are also getting something from that experience. I get that same thing. People say, oh, thank you for what you, for what you wrote or whatever. And I'm thinking, you know, I did that for you, but it also helped me. It was also important to let go of something or to just acknowledge something or and so it's it's very very powerful and that's part of the shared experience that you and others bring to to other people because there is that that interconnectedness which is so beautiful and makes all those interactions whether they're you know business or professional or personal just so important and and really profound and touching so you and I could talk forever because I adore you, <laughs> <laughs> and we will right because we're both you. in the same state. How did we not I, do this before? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But every time we talk, it's like it turns into a, a two-hour tour. <laughs> <laughs> so tell people, because you have so many wonderful things in this book, and, and I want them to read your book and really immerse themselves in, in this incredible story because people will say, like, how? Look at what she did, and, <laughs> and you're upbeat and you're funny, got all this wonderful energy, and I want people to, to know more about that. So tell our listeners, Nicole, 
how they can get a hold of you, more about your book, and how they can connect with you, etc. Well, the book is slowed to come out in 2020. Um, and right now, everybody can get in touch with me basically by going to my website, which is Nicole, N-I-C-H-O-L-E, Chobin, C-H-O-B-I-N dot com. And all the information is on there, phone number, email, I'll, I'll ET them, get them back any way I can. Um, and, you know, for booking stuff or, or if they have questions. And right now, I'm really trying to also move globally as well. I've been doing national for for quite a while and I'd really like to move into the international arena of speaking as well and I've um, had a couple discussions with people but uh, things just you know haven't worked themselves out yet so I'm looking forward to that Um, but yeah I just I'm just looking forward to speaking as much as possible and the book coming out and uh, if anybody wants to get in contact with me that's how they can do it and I Can you to give our listeners a little bit more of a preview? Because I have that from your book about your your upcoming book. Um, the book basically is based on everything. There's a synopsis of you know how I grew up, which is kind of the first chapter, and that in and of itself will probably make you pee your pants. But it's typical, it's it's like kind of like my big fat Greek wedding, but Italian style, to give you a perspective, <laughs> and. Um, and then the rest of the book basically starts and and, and it's um it's it's a cross between Nicholas Sparks, Fifty Shades and Jamie Maguire to give the listeners an idea of what they're getting themselves into. Um I didn't hold anything back. I really put it all on paper. Um and I did take literary license. I mean, this is a work. I'm, it is a, a fictional romance because I did take literary license and names were changed and uh um, you know, certain circumstances to protect people. Um, but it basically takes them from the time when I left that IPO and started my first business all through that sweep me off my feet whirlwind romance, held nothing back, put it all on paper to the desk to the next ebb and flow of working for the other company, to the next fiancé dying, to the ebb and flow, to the plane crash, to the ebb and flow, to the um, diagnosis, to almost present where I am now, which that part I'm not going to give away um, in my personal life. Uh, But it's in the book, but I'm not going to give it away. Um, and, And where that ultimately led me to the craziest of places, uh, could never have seen it coming. And um and that's kind of the journey that the book takes. It's uh it's definitely a ride. It's definitely uh I've had beta readers read it and they basically told me and this majority of them were women all over the country, you know, accountants, lawyers, housewives, just all types of women. And the feedback they came back was so humbling. I literally was sitting at my laptop in tears because I was so overwhelmed by the response that I got. Why and, um, do we have to wait till 2020? <laughs> <laughs> because we have we have tweaks that have to be made, and the cover art has to be finished, and it's a whole so process just, with books, and, you know, I'm I, just it's that boring kidding. stuff. <laughs> it's that boring well, stuff. Well, we're going to have to get you on again when the book is out there, because I, I, I just want to be able to promote it and, and share more time with you on 
the radio or whatever. So we'll do it again. Nicole, you are wonderful. I love what you have to share, and I love your upbeat energy because it's so important. That in itself is a teacher because from what you've been through to where you are today and to how you are in terms of of you and and being positive and, and funny and whatever, that element is is like remarkable and that's something that somebody can learn from immediately it's like wow if she could be that way if she can go through all the crap and hell that she's been through (laughs) and still make jokes still get us up and dance and like hey if she could do that well well i could get over this whatever and i could do and i could do that too so thank you for everything that you do and for helping to change lives thank you so much for having me My pleasure. Have a beautiful day. You too. I will. (laughs) Thanks again. All right. Take care. So think about what Nicole said because if you look at at some of what she described in terms of all that, that she's been through and be able to emerge strong and and learn from those experiences and not only that for herself but then to be able to go on and help other people through their challenges through their adversities to be able to feel more empowered and not just feel more empowered but act and be empowered and reinvent themselves. And Nicole's so right. We reinvent ourselves all the time. We need to. And you and wherever you are in your life, in your work, in in your experiences, if you're stuck, you can remember that that place of being stuck isn't necessarily a place of permanency. You can move beyond that. You can take, as Nicole said, those transferable skills, that skill set, and move them into whatever and wherever you desire. So remember that. And I always say at the end of the show that the reason I call this show Power Your Life is because you do have incredible power within yourself. And as Nicole said, not even that you realize, which is true. We have so, you know, we, when you're going through something, and, and many of us have, when you're going through a challenge or adversity, sometimes you even get a glimpse of tapping into that power and it's like wow how do i have this how do i i never knew that how do and and it's amazing it's an amazing experience and discovery to recognize that you can go from deep within yourself and bring out the incredible strength that you need to take you through whatever you have to go through so empower yourself take some power steps today in your life they can be small steps to move you forward because you are very special and honor who you are and i honor all of you and thank you so much for being a part of our show today if you want to get a hold of me you can go to my short version doc d-o-c w-h-i-t-e dot org and celebrate yourself and move forward. Thanks so much, and have a beautiful day. You've been listening to the Power Your Life radio show with host and author, Dr. Joanne White. Listen often and spread the word about the upbeat show to enrich you and grow your life in the direction you desire. Listen again and again and visit docwhite.org for more information and find out how Dr. Joanne can benefit you. 
Thank you for sharing your day with us and stay tuned for more exciting guests and events to come. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.